0: Thank you for joining us on Two Middle-Aged Men and Their Top Ten. I'm John.
1: And I'm Scott.
0: Uh, please check us out on our social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all with the same handle, at 2MAMTop10. That's at the number 2 M-A-M, Top 10 Please... Uh, Subscribe and follow our show, which you can do on Anchor and Spotify the easiest. Uh, We're also on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and most other places where you find podcasts. Please follow, rate, and review and let us know what types of lists you'd like to hear us talk about in the future. Full disclosure, our current to-do list is over 375 items long, That doesn't mean they're all good ideas. What's your favorite genre of movie? What's your favorite year in movies? Who's your favorite actor or actress? There's nothing we won't talk about that's movie related. Now let's get on with the show. And this week we are counting down top 10 movies from 1992. This is the second of our series leading up to the best movies of 2022 in this episode we'll be counting from numbers 10 to number six of our our favorite movies from 92 unless you unless you wanted to pick the best (laughs)
1: nope nope i'm sticking with my favorites. favorites some of them some of them i do consider the best but right i'll talk more about that some of them
0: are definitely not the best of the year, but uh, this is kind of a especially for us, I think it's a sweet spot for getting hooked into movies this year for us. Yeah. This is where yeah. ten i i I was ten years old for the whole year of ninety two My birthday's in January,
1: yeah um i was 10 for half of the year yeah right yeah 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 yeah. because i turned 11 in july yeah
0: so my my number 10 i've got i will say i like all of these movies and i will also say i think At least eight of them are good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And having said that, I did mix it up a little bit because I I had something different at number 10. But I felt this one was better for number 10. And it's Ladybugs. A 5.4 on IMDb. Tomato meter of 12%. Audience score 42%. A metascore of 36, directed by Sidney J. Fury, written by Curtis Birch. The film stars Rodney Dangerfield, um, Jack A. Harry, Jonathan Brandis, Eileen Groff, Vanessa Shaw, Blake Clark, and Tommy Lasorda.
2: Let's
3: see,
2: where'd you go?
0: Chester Lee must take on the coaching duties of his company's employee daughter's soccer team in order to impress his boss. Desperate for success, he enlists the aid of a ringer, his fiance's son. Wackiness ensues. So this this one, I don't remember if it was an HBO movie. It was on a lot.
1: Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I mean, it was a theatrical movie, but yeah, it was. This is no, of those. no,
0: no. That what I mean is, it was on. Oh, one of those movie it, channels quite often. Got you, got I got, got you, got you. Okay, sorry. And I it definitely wasn't a lot. Right. It was critically panned um, the only good thing one of the critics said was at least Rodney Dangerfield's funny sometimes um <laughs> I I mean it's a I thought it was a cool idea it's kind of a well not cool idea but it's kind of
3: sort of a
0: hardball type movie before hardball Except in bad news bears and in those types of movies, yeah. Except the other element of dressing up a boy as a girl to play on a girl soccer team, yeah. And uh, I was a, I mean, I was a fairly decent Jonathan Brandis fan at the time, just because. Have the same name for for one. Um, he also got a couple other decent movies around this time, not decent, but nostalgic at least.
1: Yeah, yeah, fun for our age. Our age, yeah, like high kicks with Chuck Norris and yeah, um, stuff like that. Yeah.
0: But uh, yeah, it was a, I like, there's like two quote unquote bar scenes, one with Rodney Dangerfield where he's, you know, drinking at a bar and the bartender's trying to help him and he's explaining what happens and he's like, and I dressed him up as a girl and I made him play with me. (laughs) <laughs> and the bartender kicked him out and then later on it shows Jonathan Brandis at like a, a malt shop <laughs> and he's like give me another one and he's just drinking milkshakes but um, I think this is an adequate number 10
3: um, it, it's
0: one of Dangerfield's the last movie before this he was in was back to school or something like that i think eight years prior
1: yeah way back in yeah yeah
0: but uh what do you think
1: yeah i i like this this probably could have ended up on last week's list on you know bad movies yeah um you know we love i I, you know although i I already had several 92 movies on that list um but yeah this I like yeah I mean I like this movie. I I didn't quite go that far um off the beaten path for my list. I mean the movies I picked aren't aren't um you know that far off from being good movies, but uh but yeah, I I do like this movie. Uh I love Rodney Dangerfield. Um I mean yeah, I mean yeah, I mean this this it's yeah, it's not a it's not a great movie. I get why critics panned it, but it definitely especially like at our age and um, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. It's, it's funny and it's got running Dangerfield, you know, doing his shtick and, and he's funny. Um, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't <clears throat> really have much more to add, uh, than that, but, uh, other than I, I haven't seen it in a while. Uh, you mentioned this before in some in reference to something Yeah. I, I really want to, I really want to go back and watch it cause I don't think I've seen it probably since, <clears throat> since the 90s probably
0: yeah uh it's probably been yeah, have at least you, have you it?
1: Okay. for you
0: it's been at least since like 2000 for me gotcha uh, or somewhere around there i think it was around you know 98 to 2002 or I, I think it was on cable a lot
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely interested to to see it now and see if it's still at all funny or entertaining.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's all. It's also one of those where you know you feel sad for Jonathan Brandis as a actor and entertainer and as a person. So, pay. I could pay a little tribute to him. Put him on a yeah. list.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i did i did like it yeah he was he was a really likable you know good-looking kid like yeah i'm surprised he didn't you know go on to to more things the last thing i really remember him in was that tv show sequest or whatever yeah that show with the dolphin or whatever like that was late 90s i think he well he was
0: in in a movie where he was like a an assassin or something like that. I think that was one of the last things he did. And he was still baby faced. You know, he's um uh, twenty five or whatever he was, twenty to twenty-five, yeah. he's still really baby faced and yeah. That's that's not too helpful unless if if you want to move on and do more serious things, but you could only keep playing high schoolers that's kind of difficult
1: <laughs> yeah 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 it's, it's definitely movies like this that like I, I had in mind when i started my other you know my personal podcast where i return to old movies and see mm-hmm. how well they hold up so I'm yeah i'm definitely looking forward to to getting to this one and, and seeing how it <laughs> how it looks but i mean rodney dangerfield only made a few movies so it's it, you know It at least has that going for it. At least, you know, it's one extra Ronnie Dangerfield movie that we get. I think he only made, like, five or six movies, so. Yeah. Anyways. All right, well, like I said, I mean, my list, I I didn't stray too far. Um, Like, probably about half my list would be included in my top 10, and the other half might end up in, you know, my, you know, my top 20, within my top 20, maybe. Um, so, but yeah, but these are the ones that I was most, uh, I don't know, excited about or interested in that, you know, so I don't know. So uh, anyway, go ahead with my number 10. Uh, my number 10 is Juice uh, with an IMDb rating of 7.0. Uh, 79% tomato meter, 90% audience score, uh, 60 metascore. score. I uh, was directed by Ernest R. Dickerson, uh, screenplay by Ernest R. Dickerson and Gerald Brown with a story by Dickerson. Uh, the movie stars Omar Epps, Tupac Shakur, Jermaine Hopkins, Leo Cain, Cindy Heron, Samuel L. Jackson, and Vincent Laresca uh four harlem teens q bishop raheem and steel are out skipping school one day when they find out an old friend was killed in a shootout at a bar after this bishop tells his friends that they have no respect or juice to get some they rob a corner grocery store but things take an unexpected turn only the four friends know what happened and uh, bishop and they learn bishop is only out for himself so yeah this is a movie i've liked since I mean, I, don't, I, don't, I didn't see it when it came out in 92, but I saw it probably, you know, a couple years within a couple years later. Um, I was always kind of a, you know, fan of like uh, rap and hip hop at that time and a fan of Tupac. And um, so I always really liked this movie, but it's I mean, it's also it is a really good movie. Um, this is the debut of director Ernest Dickerson, who was a cinematographer for Spike Lee um he did you know do the right thing and um all his movies uh up to this point um and uh he based it on their experiences of, of his own or he also did interviews with you know uh with uh you know people that grew up in you know in his neighborhood um and uh or you know whether it was you know at the same time he did or in later you know in in you know, around this time in the you know late '80s, early '90s, um, and uh, so it's all like you know, not necessarily based on a true story, but you know, the it's made to you know it's it, it feels very real and realistic and and set in in a real real world or whatever. Um, and like Tupac, I mean, he's amazing here. He plays he plays Bishop, who's uh, for lack of a better term the villain of of the movie um and uh he actually he actually went to drama school um and actually you know so he actually is trained somewhat um to you know to act and it shows like he definitely has has the the, the chops for it uh, he actually went out for the the other lead the the quote-unquote heroic hero um q which is played by omar epps um he actually went out for that role um but uh, he was uh, Dickerson was so impressed with his performance um, that he he saw the passion in him that he thought he would be better suited for the more um, visceral role of Bishop, um, and and so yeah, it, it, and you know, the rest, as they say, is history. I mean, it definitely um, definitely is the standout role of the movie um but uh yeah so yeah i mean th- th- this this is yeah like i said this has been a, a favorite of mine um i yeah i did this this definitely wouldn't necessarily be in my top 10 like i said it might, might be more like you know 18 or you know 17 18 if i was listing um accurately you know the, what i think is the best movies but <clears throat> I yeah I I definitely really like it so yeah I think it's a, a suitable number ten for this sake of my favorites. Um, what are your? This is
0: on my to watch list. While I was researching ninety two.
1: Yeah, it is on Paramount Plus. Um, uh, yeah, I just everybody. saw
0: that. Yeah, I've got. 12 movies on my need to watch list that they, they piqued my interest when I just went I just went down 92 to see which ones I've seen and then made my list and then went back to see what I think I should watch yeah. and nothing I didn't get to any of those. <laughs> I I rewatched yeah. some of the ones that were already on there just so I could better um, fit them in order.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's basically what I did because well, because I I have about six or seven on my to watch list, but once I decided not to try to not to do the best of, but my favorites. Yeah. I was Like, well, th- none of those are going to be my. You know, I've got my favorites. Um, so then, yeah, I did, basically did the same thing. I just rewatched, um, ones that I was like, I'm not sure where they would, would place. And, and some of them didn't make, didn't end up making it on the, on the 10 and some of them, you know, got moved around or whatever, but yeah, but, and I, I don't know if I made, I made it clear but These are what I consider my favorite movies of 92. Like all, all 10 of these yeah. are like, uh, what I consider to be, you know, the 10 movies that I enjoy watching the most for one reason or another so and yeah starting with with juice so
0: yeah and for me this is the first for a lot of these movies this is the first time where i'm finding out that either they're not good or they were panned or they didn't do well (laughs) because yeah they when you're 10 years old watching them or how you know 10 to 12 you're like oh this is great why? Yeah. Why does it? And then now I'm sitting here, I'm like, why? Yeah. Why didn't you like that, Mister Old Man? <laughs> <laughs> Which some yeah. of them, some of them, clearly stood the test of time, and some didn't, because. we not uh, this is going to be a bad example but we've never talked about juice before right yeah but are there movies on your list that we have talked about before multiple times
2: yeah (laughs) Yeah, so yeah
0: and so so my my number nine is one of those that i didn't know it wasn't good i didn't know it wasn't good i i Loved it when I watched it originally. I rewatched it within the last 10 years, I think. Um, and it's another one of those uh, I felt that I wanted to pay tribute. So my number nine is Toys, a 5.1 on IMDb. Tomato meter of 29% with an audience score of 39%. I'm at a score of forty, directed by Barry Levinson. Written by Barry Levinson and Valerie Curtin, the film stars Robin Williams, Michael Gambon, Jack Warden, Joan Cusack, Robin Wright, LL Cool J, Donald O'Connor, Arthur Mallet, Jamie Foxx, Julio Oscar Oso, Blake Clark. Yerderlee Smith and De- uh, Debbie Mazar. And this was the big screen debut for J- Jamie Foxx. Eccentric toymaker toy maker Kenneth Zevo, played by Donald O'Connor. Last wish is that his brother Leland played by Sir Michael Gambon takes over the running of the business. Leland is out of touch with toy making and reality too. The business should really have been given to his nephew, Leslie, played by Robin Williams, who was much more like Kenneth. When Leyland starts making weapons instead of toys, Leslie decides to take action. So this, this and Aladdin came out in the same year.
1: Around the same time or you know like yeah remember
0: and i guess just reason today i guess a lot of uh the critics felt like you know looking at his performance in aladdin they thought he was basically just kind of like a zombie in this movie just kind of Going with the flow and whatever, and okay. I mean, a a toned down Robin Williams is still crazier than a lot of other people. Yeah, I think. Um, I I really liked the idea, (laughs) but I mean, it's clearly, which at this this time in history, where there were a lot of like fantasy based things going on in movies and. You know, basically,
3: General Zevo wants to
0: make war weapons with this toy company. And Robin Williams' character is like, No, that's, we shouldn't do that. And he uses the actual toys to fight against the war toys that are being built and wins. And I'll know somewhere in the middle of it. Ella Cool J is his brother, right? Sure. <laughs> they're, they're brothers. Um, it's silly. This was supposed to be Barry Levinson's directorial debut, that's how long he was writing it and and uh, you know, thinking up the concept and all that kind of stuff. It's it's it is very artsy. The, the person who built the sets took a year to build the sets, which you can tell. Yeah. But uh, now, Robin Williams said that he, you know, dyeing his hair orange and wearing the coat that he wore, he felt like he was the sixth doctor in Doctor Who, <laughs> which is pretty nice. But yeah. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, I like this movie. Um, it, it is a little uneven, I think. Um, I think the, uh, I think it kind of loses its way a little towards the end. But um, but yeah, especially when I was younger, I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, and uh, I did I, I did know it was was panned. Like this is around the time I also started paying attention to critics. Like I, I remember uh, I, I started subscribing to Entertainment Weekly. Um, I think for my birthday that year, I got an entertainment weekly so year, you know, a year subscription to entertainment weekly. And so started getting it around that time. So, um, but I mean, I didn't care. I, yeah, I, I still liked it. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I've, I've also seen it again within the last 10 years, I, I think just probably actually within the last probably five years. Uh, and I, I still enjoyed it. I, and, and that's where, I, uh, my unevenness, uh comes in i i I, li- I think i liked it more when i was younger uh watching it again it does it is a little more um uneven but i still i still like it it's still original and it's got some clever moments it's beautiful to look at it's it's, it's the set decoration and and all of that is is really cool um i mean there's a lot of cool ideas in it, it, it you know there are times where it just kind of um I guess just towards it, like I said, just kind of loses its way. But either way, yeah, and Robin Williams, I think, he, he's, I think he's good in it. I don't think, you know, I think he's, I don't know. The, he could never win with the critics because they would always say he was either, you know, when he would let loose and be crazy, they would say that he was too, you know, Robin Williams and not playing a character. And then when he would, you know, play a character, uh, you know, and tone it down, then they would say, you know, that he's just, you know, phoning it in or whatever you know, uh, and so, yeah, I was <clears throat> almost, unless he was playing like a serious, a, a serious, serious role like Dead Poets Society or, you know, uh, eventually like Goodwill Hunting and, and something, some of that stuff.
0: Something with a beard.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Basically awakenings. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, <clears throat> but yeah. Um, yeah, again, uh, yeah, this, this, this probably could have made my last week's list, um, as well. <laughs> um, probably even more so than ladybugs because yeah I, I do have an affection for this movie i do think it's better than than what its reputation um suggests um but uh yeah so yeah good choice yeah good uh yeah i'm glad you chose this and championed it all right well moving on um my number 9 um is one we've talked about before uh it was on my uh remake uh list and i don't i don't think you saw it then and i don't know if you've seen it yet but my number 9 is scent of a woman ah. um with an imdb rating of 8.0 and 89% tomato meter 92% audience score and a for some reason i don't have a meta score written down here
0: 59
1: yeah, 59-minute score. Thank you. Uh, it was directed by Martin Brest, uh, written by Bo, Bo Goldman, uh, stars Al Pacino, Chris O'Donnell, Gabriel Anwar, James Reborn, Philip Seymour Hoffman, and Bradley Whitford. A uh, Let's see here. Uh, Frank is a retired lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army. He's blind and impossible to get along with. Charlie is at school and is looking forward to going to university to help pay for a trip home for Christmas. He agrees to look after Frank over Thanksgiving. Frank's niece says this will be easy money, but she didn't reckon on Frank spending his Thanksgiving in New York. Um, So, so yeah, this is another movie. I just, I love this movie. I mean, this, this is one that probably would end up um, on my top 10. Um, If not, you know, it would be like 11, um i mean it definitely would be you know 9 10 11 somewhere in the range but um so it's it's pretty fitting at number nine here um but yeah it's i mean as a fan of al pacino um this is one of his uh better performances i mean he won an oscar for it um you know this is where the hua you know comes from um and uh yeah i don't know it's yeah it's just it's, it's yeah it's <clears throat> there's not much plot to it um it's basically just chris o'donnell plays the young boy charlie who's you know paid to take care of this blind um retired uh lieutenant colonel and of course you know he's the you know the Lieutenant Colonel Frank is—he's you know kind of a bitter old man, and of course you know he starts off angry at the world and hates everybody. And by the end of the you know movie, he kind of warms up. It's kind of that you know, um, Grand Torino comes to mind, although that's a very kind of different, more I don't know, uh, a little darker take on a similar thing. But it's just that kind of you know younger person matched up with an older person and you know they kind of wear off on each other they both you know learn from each other and you know the older one learns to you know kind of you know be nicer and you know like whatever and the younger boy learns life lessons and whatnot And this in this sense he learns to kind of stand up for himself and you know be more assertive and whatnot but um and yeah then this was the first movie other than other than uh fried green tomatoes, which, uh, which was Chris O'Donnell's first, whatever, but I didn't know who, I mean, he just played a small role in that movie. Had no idea who he was. This is the first movie that I really, I mean, obviously this is his first big, um, role. So this is where I, you know, first knew Chris O'Donnell from and we liked him. He's another one of those actors that just kind of disappeared. Uh, sort of, um, TV i know he does tv land. and stuff now but yeah but uh but before that i mean there's a there's a good were i mean i'm sure he was making movies but as far as like as big as he was in the 90s um he just kind of all of a sudden disappeared it seemed like and then you know showed back up like a decade later on tv but um but anyways but yeah this 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 is just it's just a, a feel-good movie um the critical consensus um It might soar on Al Pacino's performance more than the drama itself, but what a performance it is big, bold, occasionally over the top and finally giving the Academy pause to award the star, his first Oscar. (laughs) So, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I, I, I pretty much agree. I mean, this story, like I said, is it's pretty basic. Um, This is one of those that that it it really does depend on performance and, and execution. And, but I, I think this, the story or, you know, the way the movie's made um, the way the story's told is also equally powerful um i there is a bookend to the movie where uh chris and all's character gets in trouble at school and i think he's he's in fear of getting kicked out and then at the end uh that gets resolved through whatever And i, I think that feels kind of tacked on a little you know a little uh, movie you know like whatever um but uh but that middle you know and that's just like you know like the last like the first 10 minutes and last 10 minutes of the movie the the core of the movie is still that central stuff and that's pretty strong um so so yeah so that's why i think it's it's a fitting like number nine it's not it's not a great movie but it has a great performance and it's very entertaining and and, you know just a a lovable likable movie um so yeah have you have you seen this yet
0: it's still on my to watch list watch list okay yeah,
1: yeah this you sh- you definitely should watch this one maybe when we do Al Pacino or something <clears throat> but um but definitely yeah yeah definitely a must see in my opinion so yeah, the only tidbit I, I I forgot to mention is that there, the first choice to play Frank was Jack Nicholson. And I could see that pretty well, too. Um, I think that would have been kind of cool to see. But, but at the same time, Al Pacino was kind of in a slump at this time. So this kind of like jump-started his career. So for that, I'm definitely thankful that he was... The one chosen, but anyway, that's all I got.
3: All right. Well, from from here on
0: out, I, I think all of these are good movies. And my number eight is uh, the first one on my list that I watched, that I rewatched. I watched it last night and it is Forever Young, a 6.3 on IMDb, tomato meter of 54% with an audience score of 53%, directed by Steve Miner, written by J.J. Abrams. The film stars Mel Gibson, Jamie Lee Curtis, Elijah Wood, Isabel Glasser, George Went, Joe Morton, David Marshall Grant, Robert High Gorman, Veronica Lauren, Art LaFleur, and Walt Goggins in his first big screen appearance. Walt Goggins is one of those, you don't know the name, but you know who he is.
1: Yeah, we talked about him recently.
0: Yeah, he's an mm-hmm. American Ultra. Oh,
1: yeah. Okay. All that right. Last week, A
2: 1939
0: test pilot ask his friend to use him as a guinea pig for a cryogenics experiment. Daniel McCormick wants to be frozen for a year so that he doesn't have to watch his love lying in a coma. The next thing Daniel knows is that he's been awoken in 1992. So like I said, I I rewatched this last night and I... It was already on my list. I just didn't know where it was going to be. And I rewatched it and it ended up here at number eight. Um, I didn't realize G.J. Abrams wrote the script, which he, he sold it. I believe he sold it for like two millions two million dollars and he in the name of it the name of his script when he wrote it was I think pieces of Daniel or something like that
3: but this one is it's it's one of your first glimpses of Elijah Wood and he's uh terrific kid actor
0: in general he's good in this one um mel gibson's likable which is nice yeah he uh he's got that you know 1930s swagger and uh the like the Gentlemanship. He's, you know, he's gentlemanly to women and to kids, and I, I think rewatching it, one of my favorite parts is where he's, he's getting ready to leave. He's gonna take off because he he kind of feels like a burden. He doesn't know, you know, he can't find his friend. He can't find Harry. And so he's packing, he's going to leave and and at the last moment, there's like a rainstorm going on. And he and Elijah Wood set up this fake airplane in the treehouse. And he teaches them how to fly. And while you're watching that, the, the camera movements along with what they're doing and and that they they make it feel like they're flying and i thought that was i hadn't remembered that but that was really a cool effect and this is a also a nice um a nice little movie that with no 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 big bombs no you know no big action sequences no no yeah. Heavy, um,
3: heavy anything that isn't like,
0: um, graphics, nothing like that. Yeah. I liked, I liked the, the aging effect they did with him as, cause it finally catches up with him and he starts aging like before their eyes. He goes from, however old he was supposed to be. I'm not sure. Maybe 25 or something. And yeah. he goes from there to 75 in a span of like an hour or so. And I thought that right. that was pretty cool. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis does a good job too.
3: Which she's...
0: I don't know if I've seen her in enough things to... To pin her down in any way uh, she's just she's jamie lee curtis so
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> uh, what do you think
1: yeah i like this movie um it's uh yeah i i ha- this is another one i haven't seen in years that i've been meaning to to rewatch as well um I, I i i do remember liking it a lot when i was younger um it does have a you know it's kind of a charming old-fashioned storytelling uh and story um and i've always liked mel gibson i was a big you know uh as an actor uh, i should you know definitely clarify that <laughs> but, um, but uh you know especially back then um you know he was one mm-hmm. of my favorites um you know um in the you know late 80s early 90s or through through the 90s i guess um he and, had and, yeah. some
0: he had some really cool like non-action movies in this time frame
1: yeah yeah a year after this he did that the man without a face yeah, which was that, one, was, was, yeah that, that was his directorial movie. that was his directorial debut and yeah that one was really good too so yeah he does he does show here you know like acting skills it's he's less he's less Mel Gibson quote-unquote Mel Gibson in this movie he's you know um not the cocky I mean, he is a little bit, but as far as I remember, but like what I think of him in this movie isn't the cocky lethal weapon guy, but you know, a more, more of a subdued performance. Um, And uh, yeah, one of the scenes I do remember is that treehouse scene. I didn't, I don't remember the the camera movement stuff that you're talking about. So that's cool. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I do remember that. That's one of the scenes that I really remember uh, that sticks in my mind um, from the, uh, from the movie but uh
0: yeah and this is a good predecessor to idiocracy
1: yeah yeah the the setup and yeah whatnot so yeah it's definitely got an interesting premise in it not yeah i, I like it it's a charming little movie uh and like i said i i haven't seen it in years but but it's definitely one of those that stuck with me that i you know i still have fond memories of and uh yeah I do agree, it's a, it's a good movie. So,
3: yeah, good pick. All right.
1: Well, moving on to my uh, number eight. Uh, my number eight is another one that uh, would probably make it on my top 10. And again, probably around this spot. Um, but my number eight is Unforgiven. Mm-hmm. Uh, with an IMDb rating of 8.2 uh, with a 96 percent tomato meter 93 percent audience score 85 meta score uh directed by clint eastwood screenplay by david webb peoples uh stars clint eastwood morgan freeman gene hackman richard harris Saul rubinick francis fisher and anna thompson uh This one's kind of long, but I'm just going to go with it because it it better describes the movie. So, After escaping death by the skin of her teeth, the horribly disfigured prostitute Delilah Fitzgerald and her appalled and equally furious co-workers summon up the courage to seek retribution in 1880s Wyoming's dangerous town of Big Whiskey. With a hefty bounty on the perpetrator's heads, triggered by the tough sheriff Little Bill Daggett's insufficient sense of justice, the infamous former outlaw and now destitute Kansas hog farmer William Money, embarks on a murderous last mission to find the men behind the hideous crime. Along with his old partner in crime, Ned Logan, and the brash but inexperienced young gunman, the Schofield Kid, money enters a perilous world he has renounced many years ago, knowing that he walks right into a deadly trap. However, he still needs to find a way to raise his motherless children. Now blood demands blood. Who is the hero and who is the villain? So I... I've yeah, I mean this is another one of those movies. It's just it's just such a great movie. It's just it's so entertaining to watch. I've seen this movie several times. Um and uh I've never been a fan of Westerns. Um along with horror, it's probably one of my my least favorite. Um definitely not anything I ever get excited about. Um and uh so I mean I I, I don't I I didn't watch this movie probably until late 90s probably but when i finally watched it I, this is probably one of those that <clears throat> might be considered i can't believe i haven't seen this even though i did see it not too long but it was just like well i remember watching it be like i don't know why because i mean it won oscars you know it was the best picture of 92 i think i had it on that list Or one of us i think we talked about it before on that on that list of best picture top 10 best picture winners but uh, but anyway but yeah i just <clears throat> wasn't something i was was into but yeah it's just it's to me i mean it doesn't matter that it's a western it's more about the characters and the it, you know it's just this the showdown between um Clint eastwood and gene hackman um clint eastwood being the the hero and gene hackman being the evil sheriff um
2: sounds and, familiar uh, and lots
1: of characters <laughs> yeah and uh yeah lots of characters you know along the way you know morgan freeman is his his longtime partner and um Yeah, I mean, it's just an immensely entertaining movie. Like, just the characters are well-developed. It just, you know, I don't know. It just, you know, you just, I don't know. I always get involved in it, no matter how many times I've seen it. And I I always, like, I start watching it. And I just, I get into it and get excited and highly entertained by. Um, I mean, I don't necessarily think it deserves to one best picture. I don't think it's, like, the best movie 92 or even like a a, that great of a movie it's a great western um and you know it's definitely uh definitely one of my favorite clint eastwood movies um but uh but yeah i don't i don't you know it it would bear like i said it would probably barely make my top 10 of the best movies um of 92 like i said probably around the same same spot maybe but yeah as far as just entertainment like i like i said i have a i do have strong affection for this movie and really enjoy it so uh what are your thoughts
0: yeah i'm pretty sure it was on your list because i couldn't i couldn't speak about it back then because i hadn't <laughs> seen it in so long i still can't speak about it because i haven't seen it since i um from probably seventh grade on you know, we we moved out. My mom married someone, so I had a stepfather who would regularly watch um, Clint Eastwood westerns and John Wayne westerns, and that had the opposite effect because he'd also watch Steven Seagal and all all that other man quote unquote manly stuff, and those were, wow. are somewhat. I have some kind of affection, but I got turned off of Westerns because yeah. he was such a hickerbilly and <laughs> that they that, that remind me of him and I don't want that.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I can understand that.
0: But I would. You talked about it so many times if I, probably need, I probably need to rewatch it
1: and, and pay attention. Well- it is included among the 1001 movies you must see before you die. So
0: I haven't. We haven't hit that number yet on the. No. <laughs>
1: no, but uh, but hopefully we will. And at that point, if not, if you haven't seen it by then, that'll at least give you a chance to. Well, continue.
0: I imagine because we have top top ten Clint Eastwood movies, so I imagine
1: that too. So I guess it depends on which comes first.
0: Yeah. But it, like it's, it's appealing now, because of because of who's in it, what the story is, Morgan. For I mean, all all of these people who are, you know, nearly too old to act. You know, and in fact, Gene Haberman's been retired for like ten years or fifteen years. Twenty, almost twenty years. He retired yeah. in two
1: thousand four. So yeah.
0: And Colin Acewood said he retired, and then he came back.
1: Yeah, I was gonna right. say he, uh, he's he's retired <laughs> like five times now. He's he's like ninety five and still, you know, or something like that, ninety.
0: Yeah, and Richard oh. Harris died like ten years after he died around two thousand.
1: Yeah, I think when two thousand two,
0: right after Gladiator.
1: Yeah, yeah. It well, he made like- he made. Oh, Dumbledore. he was he played Dumbledore, Dumbledore. Yeah, he he. So I think he it was two thousand. I think
0: He played Marcus Aurelius, who is yeah a really cool figure in history. Yeah. But is it, I mean, it, it is now. It's kind of like with the horror stuff going on. The the you know the ones we've seen this year, the horror and. Um, not mystery, whatever.
3: Don't worry, dollar, yeah, whatever. thriller, thriller, yeah. Those,
2: yeah,
0: I don't know. Maybe, maybe I needed to grow up and take some anxiety meds so I can watch these,
1: yeah. i don't know about all the all of the (laughs) westerns but this one this one is definitely one i think hopefully you can disassociate and enjoy because like i said it is so good and there's so many good performances and actors that you know we both like that i think like i said if you can disassociate it from those memories then i think you'll you'll enjoy the the movie it it
0: is on tubi also
1: is it yep yeah, it was on HBO Max at one time, because I, I think I think when I, we did the best pictures, it was on HBO Max. I, I remember watching it again then. But um, but yeah, speaking of John Wayne, though, um, the writer, uh, he based this movie, the, the the general idea of this movie on the book, The Shootist, which okay. ended up being into, made into a movie, which was John Wayne's last movie, which is he plays a similar character where he's you know old and retired and he comes out of retirement to avenge this family these you know these people that are harassing this town or whatever which is pretty It's just, i mean it's a pretty basic staple for westerns i think um especially when you have like an aging um actor because i think i mean clint eastwood is, has done this in several of his movies where he's kind of like uh maybe not old but uh you know a guy who wanders into town and ends up like you know yeah. say like i you know like rider <laughs> okay, or yeah. highway i high drifter. i mean like probably half the westerns he made have that s- similar you know <clears throat> kind of thing so
0: yeah <clears throat> dirty harry with a horse
1: yeah basically yeah so
0: the shoot i mean i if i remember right john wayne almost never died in any of his movies but i think he died in that one
2: Mm-hmm.
0: yeah yeah And good for me, my favorite John Wayne movie isn't a western, so
3: hmm. boom.
0: The the Irish one. The one where he's a
3: um he's a boxer that goes to Ireland. The silent um
1: I don't know. I mean, I haven't. Quiet, I just, the quiet,
0: the Quiet Man. Quiet,
1: the quiet Man. Okay, yeah, I, I, I've heard of it. I've heard that it. it's a really good movie. I, I honestly, other than the Shootist, I don't know that I've ever seen a John Wayne uh movie. To be honest with you, I, well, I never, yeah, like I said I was never a fan of westerns, and so I just kind of associated man. with that. So, but yeah, well, every,
0: definitely- everybody knows that movie. I don't know if it's the same movie, but he has two lines that I'll never forget. One of them is you can call me this, you can call me that, you can call me a son of a bitch, but don't you ever call me daddy. Yeah. <laughs> that was to like a long lost kid of his. And then there's that other one where he's like, oh, I ain't gonna hit you like hell I ain't. And then he hits him. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. I've, I've heard those lines.
0: But uh, I don't, I mean, here nor there, he wasn't a very good person. <laughs> and, yeah. I, and I don't think he was that good of an actor either, because he played Genghis Khan. Like, he wasn't yeah. bad. He was, he's a good cowboy, but he was a cowboy. That was it.
1: Yeah. 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 He was essentially playing himself, mostly. It seems yeah.
0: so. So now that we pissed off all of the South, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. my number seven is the first one that has decent numbers. And I have a connection, a different connection with it. But my number seven is Sister Act, a 6.5 on IMDb. Tomato meter of 74%, audience score of 65%, and a meta score of 51. <laughs> Directed by Emil Ardolino, written by Paul Rudnick. The film stars Whoopi Goldberg, Maggie Smith, Kathy and the Jimmy, Wendy McKenna, Mary Wicks, Harvey Keitel, Bill Nunn, and Joseph Maher. The singing for Wendy McKenna was dubbed by Andrea Robinson. When a nightclub singer is forced to take refuge from the mob in a convent, she ends up turning the convent choir into a soulful chorus, complete with a Motown Repertoire until the sudden celebrity of the choir jeopardizes her identity.
3: So. I think.
0: They're not in here. I have a. A, a photo album from a trip we took to Seattle when we were kids for Christmas time. And it and I don't remember the year, but it was after 92. I think it was 93 or 94. And I can remember watching this movie with my grandfather and everybody else there during Christmas time. And it, it was so good. Like the
3: when you're
0: around 10, I guess you're kind of that's that you're a couple years away from your your taste in music like being fully developed because you you start off with liking what your parents listen to and maybe what your grandparents listen to and sure. And then there's a shift. Like I can remember when I was, I think, 14 or 15 when I first heard um, Fuel by Metallica on the radio. And I thought, oh, here's a whole new thing that I didn't know about that is my personality for high school now, you know, kind of. Yeah. And this. This movie didn't do that because it—I mean—the music was from my dad's time frame, yeah, you know, old Motown stuff. But it—I don't know—I just loved—I I I love this performance, the singing in it. Um, we were raised Catholic, so that little connection was really cool at that time. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I I went to a school that had nuns who taught, <laughs> and um, I had a I had a, a little crush on uh, McKenna, Wendy McKenna, who played Sister Mary Robert,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the little mousy mm-hmm. nun. Yeah. This one, it and there's a third one in production right now for Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Uh, positive reviews. Roger Devert had some grumpy cakes before he watched it. Two and a half out of four. He liked Goldberg and Wicks. uh, But he said slow pacing and trouble integrating the organized crime scenes into comedy film. It sounds like Universal Problem. Uh, (laughs) But um, it won nothing major, but it won several uh you know best actress for Ruby goldberg and new new supporting actress for kathy and jimmy so what do you think we we have talked about it before too have we uh yeah okay because i've brought up sister act three before okay
1: yeah i i i don't remember i yeah i don't know i don't really remember talking about it but uh yeah I, i do like this movie um i I'm kind of although I do kind of have similar feelings of you with with Unforgiven where um, my my sisters like this movie a lot. I have two younger sisters and so they watched it quite a bit. so I kind of was kind of over it like I just I kind of grew to kind of dislike the movie almost like just got tired of it. Um, and I don't think I've seen it since. <laughs> <laughs> um I feel like i've seen it enough i would like i mean i, I think i'm ready to, to watch it again um but yeah so it's another one of those i haven't seen in, in years but i still i mean this out of all the all, all of them that we talked about i remember um very very well because i've seen it so many times in fact i saw it in the theater like two or three times um because i grew up in a town where we we only had one theater like it showed one movie at a time And so when a movie was popular, it would stay for weeks. And so um, I remember this being there for like three or four weeks in a row. Um, Well, it it it.
0: held. It held. I just read. Let me bring that back up. It held the number two spot for three weeks in a row.
1: Yeah. And
0: the number one movie changed three weeks in a row. But it held number two, so nothing knocked it off of number two. Yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, well, it's definitely a crowd pleasing movie, so I can, I can see that. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, I, I love Whoopi Goldberg, and yeah, this is it, it's 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 a fun movie from what I, I can remember. Um, yeah, 92 It's also you know, you mentioned when we first started watching movies, 92 is really the first year I remember going to the movie theater, short of like going with my family. Like, I remember um, starting to go by myself because we lived, you know, in a small town and I, it was just right down the road. It was literally from my I was able to walk down there on Friday nights and, or Saturdays and go see a movie. Um, so, um, <clears throat> yeah, like and like I said, this is one of the movies that I, I saw. Uh, I remember seeing in the theater. <clears throat> um, but yeah, like I said I haven't seen it in years, so I really can't speak on. Oh, OK. On it too. Here it
0: is. it It sat at number. It sat at the number two spot for four weeks, behind Lethal Weapon three, Patriot Games, and Batman Begins, in succession.
1: Batman Returns. Yeah.
0: That's yeah. yeah. That's why I said. Batman Returns.
1: <laughs> I thought that's what you said. I was just just checking. <laughs> But batman, yeah.
0: batman yeah. returns edited batman returns
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but yeah i know this is a good i almost re, i almost rewatched this movie because i had a feeling it might be on your list um just because it is it is you know one of those movies if i hadn't been tortured by it it might have ended up on my list it, it is one of those that just you know you know just good movies of 92 just the you know the the memorable one of the more memorable uh entertaining movies so um so yeah i don't i don't know even even begrudgingly i don't know that it would have made my number 10 it probably would have been close um but but yeah i mean it's i i do a strong affection for it it's, it's such a good like kind of like forever young it's just it's such a good uh pleasant wholesome fun just entertaining just you know um yeah kind of movie it's it's hard to Hard to think of anybody not liking it. I mean, I, I guess critically, I mean, I, I can see where it's it's kind of um, its plots not real airtight. It's not, you know, if you if you really want to, you know, critically analyze it, I guess. But, um, but yeah, um, but, but I still think I mean, two and a half out of four isn't bad um, <clears throat> for this kind of movie for from Roger Ebert. So, I mean, he did he definitely didn't hate it. So. <clears throat> Probably nitpicking a little bit. I've but got, yeah, I mean, yeah,
0: I, I've got some coming up that he, that he uh, definitely liked much less than this.
2: Than this.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, if if I was going off of his ratings, I, I I'd probably go three out of you know three out of four. But but still, it's you know, but yeah, like I said, it's it's an entertaining movie and I, I enjoy it it's another one i look forward to returning to all right, well, moving on to my number seven uh very much switching gears here um and mine is and this is one of my obscure movies that probably few have heard of mm. let alone seen but uh my number seven is hard-boiled uh with an imdb rating of 7.7 7. With a 94% tomato meter and a 92% audience score, uh, there was no metascore available. Uh, it's directed by John Woo, uh, with a screenplay by Barry Wong, uh, story by John Woo. Uh, the movie stars Chow Yun-fat, Tony Chu Wai-lung, Teresa Mo, Philip Chan, Philip Chung Fung Kwok, Anthony Chow Sing, and Anthony Chow Sang Wong. Uh, let's see here. That's real name. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I thought Sorry. that too. I was like, "It's my name is powerful.
0: Patrick
2: Miyagi." <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> I thought the same thing as I was typing. I had I looked twice to be like, "Am I? Is that correct?" Yes, yes, it <laughs> is. Anyway, uh, the the plot synopsis is: a tough as nails cop teams up with an undercover agent to shut down a sinister mobster and his crew. Um, oh, and the critics consensus is, uh, boasting impactful action as well as surprising emotional resonance. Hardboiled is a powerful thriller that hits hard in more ways than one. So I don't, again, I don't, I don't think this would have made my top 10, but pretty close. Um, as far as best movies, it is one of the best of the genre. Um, cause it starts off as what, as your typical cop movie, um, with uh, Chow Yun-Fat and his partner undercover and his partner's killed. And so he's kind of on this uh, mission for revenge kind of thing. But then it seems like it's setting up a completely different movie and then it kind of flips around and becomes something different. Um, And, uh, but I mean, you go to these movies for the action and John Woo um, is by far the best uh this was the first of his hong kong movies that i watched um after in the late 90s after he you know because after this he this was his last hong kong movie and then and because this movie was so popular in america um and and that in the the genre of movies that he was working on in hong kong it was that that was kind of dying down they were kind of switching gears and so he transitioned into into America with hard hard target um which was the first John Woo movie I ever saw with with that one had Jean-Claude Van Damme and then he did Broken Arrow and Face Off and so after those three um, um then I was able, you know then I went back and, and and saw this and then he's he's got a movie called The Killer and some other movies that are also also really good are, but this is probably my favorite
0: are there um, any doves in this one
1: no, uh, there are birds, um, but no doves, actually. Um, although, I mean, he he did it. It did originate before this, but for for some reason, and, and I might have missed it. I did rewatch this movie, um, and I, I, I may have missed uh, missed that scene um, possibly. But um, I no, nothing recognizable because um, I was I was I was looking, but um, but in the movie, the killer. Um, which I think was his movie before this, or, you know, uh, anyway, an earlier movie of his that I think is where that originated in. But anyway, um, but yeah, it's just a really good uh, action movie. Uh, I probably would have liked this movie even more um, if I saw it around the time when it came out, around 92. Um, uh, This movie, um, a lot of U.S. audiences uh, there's a scene where Charlie and fat hides a shotgun in a flower box, like a rose box. And a lot of people thought that that was John Woo ripping off Terminator two with Arnold Schwarzenegger has the shotgun in the, in the box, but it actually was just coincidence. They both um, just had that idea. Cause this movie was in, I mean, they were both being made around the same time. Um, and uh, in fact, the, that, that uh uh whatever you call it uh <clears throat> that thing or whatever like the, the use of the rifle in that sense that was used in in other movies uh most notably dog day afternoon where al pacino does the same thing and all and going back all the way to 1956 in Stanley kubrick's the killing um where the uh the robbers uh hide a gun in you know in uh Box of Roses. So, um, yeah, this movie is ranked number eighteen in Entertainment Weekly's top fifty cult films of all time. And uh, doing research on this movie, I learned because what's really cool about John Woo's movies is that his action sequences seem kind of chaotic, and they don't—I mean, they seem planned, but not quite like they—they're. They, <laughs> they're wonderfully choreographed, but at the same time they have a chaotic feeling about them that makes them feel like real, like they kind of immerse you more in the action. And I guess John Woo actually like, improvises a lot of his action scenes. Like he'll have it planned, but then he'll change it up as he's going, you know, he'll come up with ideas as as he's actually doing the stunt, Um, you know, in the same way that in a lot of comedies and stuff, like they'll try out different lines and stuff in the in the moment that feel good like it's kind of this, that same kind of feeling of like okay well this is what i thought now that we're here though i think we should do this so we'll so he kind of likes to change it up and <clears throat> kind of whatever so i think that kind of adds to that feeling of urgency in his in his action sequences so <clears throat> i thought that was kind of cool
3: and i guess the budget for this movie was only four
1: million dollars um which is which is impressive if you see the movie because it's I mean the action sequences alone are you know seem like they'd cost you know millions of dollars so it's pretty impressive compared to you know <clears throat> the equivalent of what Hollywood was doing at the time um, he, he did it on only four million dollars uh, I'm assuming have, have you seen this have you ever seen this movie
0: no is it it says it's in Cantonese and English
1: yeah there... you, well you get you can watch it dubbed. Um, oh, okay. I, I, I own it on DVD and you, you, you have the option of watching it in um, Cantonese or uh, dubbed. Um, I've seen it in both. I, I rewatched it. I watched it in English just because I, you know, so that I, if I missed something, I could hear it. <clears throat> um, Cause I have a new puppy and he kind of takes my attention away from the TV a little bit. So I have to, you know, <clears throat> so, so I made sure I didn't miss anything. I, had anyway but
0: 486
1: yeah it's a good one I, I, I think you'll like it it almost made my 90s action movie list it was on my backup let
3: me see No,
0: yep. was not on my need to watch list.
1: <laughs> yeah, which honestly, I technically, because movies like this, it's weird. Like, because technically for me, it's '92 because it came out in the U.S. in '92, but it might be considered when you're looking stuff up and like looking at lists, like it might be considered a '91 because I think that it might be when it was actually released in Hong Kong, but. <clears throat> So, I mean, technically it could be on either list. I just, I choose to go with more of like when I was likely to see it would have been 92. So when it was Mm -hmm. released here. So for me, that makes it a 92 movie, but.
0: All right. Well, my number six Mm -hmm. is one of the ones that I didn't feel like I needed to watch just because I've seen it so many times. And it is The Mighty Ducks. A 6.5 on IMDb. Tomato meter of 21%. Audience score of 65%. Directed by Stephen Herrick, written by Stephen Brill. The film stars Emilio Estevez, Josh Uckland, Lane Smith, Heidi Kling, Joseph Sommer, Joshua Jackson, Eldon Henson, Sean Weiss, Matt Doherty, Brandon Quinton Adams, Vincent LaRusso, Marguerite Moreau, Jane Plank, Danny Tamborelli and Jesse Smollett. <clears throat> Gordon Bombay, a hotshot lawyer, is haunted by memories of his childhood when as the star player in his championship hockey team, he lost the winning goal in a shootout, thereby losing the game in the approval of his coach. After being charged for drunk driving, the court orders him to coach a pee-wee hockey team, the worst in the league. Gordon is, at first, very reluctant. However, he eventually gains the respect of the kids and teaches them how to win, gaining a sponsor on the way and giving the team the name of the Ducks. In the finals, they face Gordon's old team coached by Gordon's old coach giving Gordon had a chance to face the old ghost
3: so before when I mentioned
0: that um, Ladybugs was kind of like some of those other movies this, this movies is yeah. like the bad news bears and yeah, hard Hard hardball hardball yeah um I don't know I'm I'm a sucker for hockey movies I don't think there's been a hockey movie I've watched that I didn't like I haven't seen them all but um You know, Miracle, I love. Mystery Alaska was really good. Mighty Ducks 2, Mighty Ducks 3. They brought back a TV show.
3: Yeah.
1: Go ahead. What'd you say? I was just going to say, I think you're going a little too far by including Mighty Ducks 3 in that. Oh,
0: (laughs) well. Yeah, they're in college and right during yeah or, or a prep school
2: yeah
0: yeah i'm saying i liked it i didn't say it was good
2: okay, okay. This, one. <laughs>
0: Fair this one though i mean it it puts uh, a lot of these kids grew up to continue acting um some attempted to
3: have themselves harassed and
0: and that kind of stuff. But we don't need to get into that. Um Matt Doherty, who played Les... car alarm. Uh Les Averman, like the, the geeky kid with glasses. Mm-hmm. Who's a smart ass throughout all of the movies? He grew up to to be a very kind of like a Neville Longbottom situation where he's very handsome. Just saying. And then luckily, Sean Weiss went down a really bad road there for a while where he's like addicted to meth and getting in trouble. And now he's off of that and clean and looks to be doing good but
2: Hmm.
0: as for the movie I I enjoyed the movie I like watching the kids play and win and do their their chant which was quack quack quack
1: yeah
0: yeah what do you think
1: yeah, I mean I like this movie a lot I have a strong affection for it I mean um yeah and' I've, I've seen this movie a, a lot of times but yeah it's it's one of those staples from my you know from my childhood yeah I, I remember uh, I don't think I saw this in the theater but I remember owning it on VHS and watching it um quite a bit um yeah it's <clears throat> if I was yeah if I, if I was to make my like top 10 guilty pleasures of 1992, this would definitely be on it. Um, cause yeah, I mean, it's, it's a highly entertaining movie. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's not great by any means. Uh, it basically is, you know, bad news bears, you know, transition to hockey, but, um, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I have no problem with that. I, I like it. And I, I like Emilio Estevez too. I I've always you know liked him. He's not, necessarily a great actor i don't think he has much range necessarily but uh but he's he's just one of those actors that has you know great charisma and you know a great screen presence and i really like him and in, in, yeah in
0: at least his dad can put on different accents different regional accents <laughs> stuff like that neither one him and charlie sheen i've never seen either one of them do that
1: yeah that's true yeah that's true they're both um yeah they're both essentially like the same kind of guy i think i think charlie sheen has some i think he's a slightly better actor at least I've, i've seen him do a little bit more uh ish but yeah but still basically you know especially in the last you know 20 years charlie sheen's basically played charlie sheen but um anyway um but yeah, I remember I do remember seeing the second movie in the theater. Um and uh, really liking it. Like I said, I I wasn't too fond of of the third one, but um and I haven't seen the TV show yet. So have you seen the TV show? No, I do
0: know they they brought back in Bombay if I remember.
1: Yeah, for the but first I season don't... he's not coming back for the second season for some reason. <clears throat>
0: I got yeah. caught drunk driving for real.
1: <laughs> Possibly. I don't know. More likely it's some it's probably money issues or something. Yeah. But, but yeah, but anyways, but yeah, I, I do I do really like this movie and it's it's I do have a fondness for it that I do smile when I when I think about it. And I watched it um probably like a year ago with my with my kids. Um and they love it now. They've watched this and all they watched all three of them like several times they got into it there for a while and um so so that's always fun when you share you know pass that on um so yeah yeah that's a good one it's another one i I wouldn't mind watching again once again i haven't seen it in in a while just because i would seen it so many times this time on my own volition but
3: But, yeah, I have nothing but but good memories.
1: All right. Well, moving on. Um, my number six. Um, once again, kind of switching gears. Um, but uh, my number six is Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, uh, with an IMDb rating of 7.7, 7, uh, 95% tomato meter, 88% audience score, and 82 meta score. <laughs> Uh, directed by James Foley. Uh, screenplay by David Mamet based on his play. Uh, the movie stars Al Pacino, Jack Lemmon, Alec Baldwin, Alan Arkin, Ed Harris, Kevin Spacey, Jonathan Price, and Bruce Altman. Um, uh, I mean, neither of these are really good uh descriptions but um i guess i'll just go with the shorter one uh an examination of the me- me- uh, sorry an examination of the machinations behind the scenes at a real estate office um so yeah so the movie takes place in kind of a uh, i don't know uh kind of a, a low level sales office um kind of one of those you'd see in like a strip mall just uh and uh you know uh these kind of down and out guys who aren't doing too well and uh they're trying to win I think steak knives maybe and along with like a cash prize um to the top salesman. and so it shows like the the under um undermining kind of things that they'll do in order to get a sale and um and um jack lemon um plays uh jack lemon and al pacino are two of the main salesmen that we see um and jack lemon kind of has a uh uh, what's it called uh whatever of conscious like conscience like a uh or change yeah change of conscious crisis of conscious whatever where he kind of you know isn't happy with how you know the you know morally corrupt um he's become you know willing to be in order just to get a sale you know like kind of essentially tricking these families um <clears throat> so yeah yeah i think christ is conscious of this, is the term i was looking for um but uh <clears throat> yeah i mean this movie is, is highly enjoyable uh highly entertaining the dialogue is is great david mammon is a great uh dialogue writer um he's pretty famous for it <clears throat> um I mean he's wrote, he's written scripts for many uh he's written many plays he's written scripts for many movies including the untouchables um <clears throat> but um, a lot a lot of the pleasure of this movie comes from watching the the actors and and the performances um and um, it's also famous there's a speech that Alec Baldwin gives uh involving all, you know ABC always be closing uh there's a you know there's a there's a big monologue that goes along with that that's <clears throat> That's really good, um, but yeah, I just uh, like I said, I I, I really like this movie based on the performances, but also it it is just I don't know, it, it's very entertaining to watch. Um, having worked in sales, especially, um, a lot of it kind of rings true. It's funny because the movie is a it, it's it's a, a condemnation of. You know, salesmen and 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 the, that kind of thing. And but, it, however, the movies actually used. I've worked in places where like they reference this as like a teaching, <laughs> like tool. Like the, the Alec Baldwin, the, you know, the the stuff that Alec Baldwin says is like a, you know, <clears throat> whatever. So, <clears throat> unfortunately, this is it's still relevant and still actively, you know, done today. But. <clears throat> um yeah jack lemon said that the uh, the cast was the greatest acting ensemble he's ever worked with and um this is his favorite movie um that he's ever done uh and alec baldwin says the same thing hmm. um and uh the, i remember the movie at the time um was known for its for being vulgar like for its its expletives for you know whatever um i'm not sure if it had the most but it was definitely like that's what i remember like reading about and like the a lot of publicity around it it has the f word and it's you know forms of the f word 138 times and it has the word shit and its derivatives uttered 50 times so quite a lot of quite a lot of swearing in the movie but uh But yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's brilliantly written. Like I said, the dialogue is, is it's not just vulgar for vulgar sake, but, and this movie is also included in the 1001 movies.
2: Mm. Let's
1: see before you die. So if you haven't seen it, good. Yeah. We'll, we'll get I
0: thought you. it was already on my to watch list.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. This is another great Al Pacino performance. Um, from 92 although i think the film definitely belongs to jack lemon um and and alec baldwin who like i said in in that monologue alone kind of steals the whole movie but it's really jack lemons i mean his character it's really his character that we follow in the movie that we're really invested in so but yeah i definitely highly recommend it it's you know it's not it's not very plot heavy it's just mostly about character and and performance and it's yeah definitely one of the better it's it's one of those that you can tell is based on a play but it doesn't feel like it's just a filmed film play like it it definitely like it op- not only because it opens it up but also just because it it you know um, it just it it just feels alive it just feels very you know like w- with the dialogue and the performances you really get caught up in it um i don't know
0: they get to leave the office every once in a while. Oh, yeah,
1: that that too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: That must so, be yeah. nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's 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 really good. So yeah, and I guess the play was expanded upon. I guess the Alec Baldwin character didn't actually exist in the original play. Um and uh ironically though, I guess a lot of people consider the film because David Mamet wrote the screenplay as well as the original play um, and a lot of people think that the screenplay is actually better than the original play so I don't know I've never seen the original play or, or whatever but but I, I having seen the movie it is, it is pretty great it is definitely one of the better written
0: I've never the, other than there's a there's an app that i had for a while was like the broadway app and i watched some productions on that but i've never gone to a play yeah that's so something
1: that needs to happen yeah I, i've seen a couple i've gone to like the springfield little theater or whatever and seen a couple mm-hmm. um but uh but yeah I've never, that's about it <clears throat> I really I, I want to see Hamilton. I really wanted to see Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've seen it on that's,
0: Disney. That's that's I haven't been able to sit through all of it on Disney Plus yet.
1: I've watched it like three times.
0: But I think it I think it'd be better if you were sat there oh, unable absolutely. to leave. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I mean it is it is three hours long, but I also like I also like had the the soundtrack like long before watching it so i was familiar with it so but uh yeah and i guess there's a, I guess there's a play aladdin like a, like a broadway play of aladdin and i guess it's coming to jqh or whatever
0: i don't know about that but i know bluey is coming
1: i saw that too i saw that Bluey's coming. Yeah. yeah i saw that too which I I, I I would i equally want to see both uh actually i love bluey
0: bluey's fun
1: it's great i have
0: eight bluey stuffed animals in the living room right yeah. now
1: <laughs> nice yeah i have Yeah, I have several blueys and bingo like my, my kids do and
0: well eight from the show <laughs> oh, nice. bluey bingo
1: gotcha gotcha
0: all of you know all of the friends yeah i don't know the names but my daughter does
1: yeah, yeah, I do. I do like that show though. I, I sometimes watch it when the kids aren't here, like because it's like they're like ten minutes long, and if I'm like I just mm-hmm. got a few minutes to to kill, I'll, you know, turn on Bluey. I, I find it highly entertaining. <clears throat> I'm Not afraid to admit it. Anyways, all right. Well, I guess that uh, wraps up uh, the first half of our Best of 1992, uh, where we discussed our top. 10 through six. Um, so thank you for joining us and, uh, let us know what you thought. Um, uh, let us know what you thought of the the movies we picked and if we left off anything that you thought we, we should have discussed. Um, but, uh, don't be alarmed. We may, we may mention them, uh, tomorrow on our, where we finish up our, uh, the rest of our top 10 with our number picks five through one, uh, you're, you're, uh, Choices may appear there, Um, so tune in, and we'll see you then. See you then.